and welcome to my podcast, Conversations with David. I am your host, David Owasi. And on this podcast, we're talking to professionals and entrepreneurs across the country. We're learning about what keeps them passionate, what keeps them going. And we're also talking to, uh, you know, we're also talking about lessons learned along the way. Now, I'm here with my very good friend, Tyler Job. And uh, I am very excited to have this conversation with him. Tyler and I have known each other for a couple of years now. Why don't you introduce yourself, uh, Tyler? Hey, how's it going, guys? It's Tyler Joby. I'm from uh, South End, Saskatchewan. That's in actually northern Saskatchewan. Is this uh, South End of Ranger Lake? A lot of people ask that question, but yeah. Hope you all doing well. Absolutely. Thanks, uh, Tyler. And I, I wanted to start a, a conversation really uh, from where you and I got to know each other. We ran businesses side by side, uh, running college pro franchises. Can you just share a little bit, uh, you know, why you were interested in entrepreneurship in the first place? What, where did that start from for you? Yeah, I think um, kind of started off when I was a kid. I always had that idea. Mm. Um, and I've, I've have, I have a history of kind of diving, diving into things. And an uh, example from that, I started off, I remember moving from the reserve to the city. I was 13 years old, in the middle of school, but they wanted us to... Um, if we wanted to play hockey competitively, we had to move to the city. So that day, I still remember the calls at lunchtime. We had to move to the city. So um, that was a big culture shock. And then again, university as well. But I always thank hockey for the, um, the opportunities. It, it, it opened up to, it brought me and um, also uh, the places it took me. And uh, when I was introduced to college pro, I think I was in, uh, I was in university. I was, I used to work in uh, up in Fort McMurray quite a bit for my summers in school. Mm-hmm. While off of school, I would, um, but I kind of got tired of that, and I needed a change, and uh, so I decided to take a. Um, I wanted to run a, uh, a business, so, and I seen College Pro. I was introduced to that, but I wanted to kind of learn the ropes of things first, so I became a painter first mm-hmm. and then the following year i did uh i opened up my first uh fran- my first business which was college pro franchise off of them yeah right nice thanks for sharing that story with me uh, you know what i do identify with some of your story because myself i i moved to canada when i was just about 18 and uh it was a huge culture shock for me as well perhaps yeah. uh you in a different way to your experience but uh you know I'm very curious for yourself, like, what was your first year in business like? What was that experience like for you? You know, you learned all the uh, rules of knowing how to paint, but, you know, running a whole business is a completely different ballgame altogether. How was that like for you? Oh, it was really tough. Um, I honestly thought it was going to be a lot easier than it was. But the lessons I've learned, I had to learn them in order to grow. Mm -hmm. And... um, it was very tough. Uh, I learned a lot about myself, a lot about accountability, goal setting, and um, expectations were, I think, the three main themes that I've all, if something went wrong, it was either one of those three things. Mm. I have to uh, kind of sharpen for sure. Yeah, so goal setting, accountability, and uh, what was the last one? goal setting accountability and you had a, a last point there but i was looking to expectations yeah and expectations sorry thanks yeah. for reminding me of that so yeah. i'm 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 interested in, in learning more about that from you why were those 
important pillars for your business and for your personal growth? Like, why would you say goal setting was very important to you and your business? I think, uh, well, every, at the end of uh, each year or beginning of the year, we have an end year goal of a certain amount of revenue we would like to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we would break that down to monthly and then weekly and then daily what we had to do to get to those goals based on past, past data that they uh, presented us with. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that was a big motiv- motivating factor and kind of uh, you can uh, almost see the results like we um, on a daily basis and it kind of helped you more uh, stay motivated because each win, each yes, you see during cold calling when we would always try and practice celebrating each yes. Mm-hmm. So what I mean, what I mean by that is you go to a door, door to door every evening. Um, I would, uh, ask people if they wanted a quote or estimate for some work mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of no's there's uh, quite a bit of no's but there's mm-hmm. a lot of yet or yeses too but mm-hmm. uh, we just kind of went through that and we use those with my team to uh, keep on ch- keep on going yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that definitely and you know when i was running a business myself you know setting goals huge huge part of my success because there's no way to know if you're making any progress if there's no to measure your progress against you know if you're measuring up or not now the second thing you mentioned there was uh, expectation setting like can you share with me what that means to you or what that means to your business and how you were able to have some of those conversations what kind of expectations were you typically setting was that with yourself was that with employees like what was that like for you i think it uh, it, uh, it goes with everybody and everything when running a business mm. you're going to work with we're going to do when, when with customers because i know you have to be very uh set to define expectations with them with a the project or what services are going to be getting mm-hmm. and i know a little backstory on that i didn't do that in my first year and when i had my first angry customer which is uh had a bit of a sleepless night mm-hmm. and uh, that was kind of my first angry customer for my first challenge mm. and i learned very from there, you have to set the expectations. But uh, again, uh, one of the things I always kind of, well, I always do is never run from any uh, challenges like that. I always take them full head on right away. That way they're dealt with mm-hmm. and try and um, work uh, work to each day to better yourself. And back to uh, expectations with yourself, you have to uh, let go of things that you um, that will affect your performance or mm-hmm. uh, you have to uh, hold yourself account- accountable with um the daily goals you set yourself with. Like I remember in uh, university after I finished classes, mm. I'd head over to um, North Balfour's where I had my, uh, my franchise set up in uh, every after classes in Saskatoon here, I drive over every evening, go door to door till about nine at night and mm-hmm. have a meal, come back. And you didn't see much then. And, but uh, it was, uh, it kind of set the foundation of the franchise over there, mm-hmm. which, um, which were, uh, which is fun, but is quite <laughs> experience, yeah. Yeah. And uh, expectations with, uh, I guess, your friends, family, partner, is um, just kind of let them know what what you're doing and what your goals are, and then that, that kind of inter- turn. Uh, they support you. They love you for sure, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, they want you to succeed. So it's just, uh, it's a quite of a one crazy year that year. It was mm. uh, big changes for sure. 
Right. Absolutely. And thanks for sharing all of that information. And also the last point was, you know, keeping yourself accountable and, you know, living up to whatever expectation to set for yourself. Can you just share some more insight into what that process was like for you and why it was important for your business to make, like for you to be accountable uh, to yourself, I guess, and to others? What was that like? Um, accountability. Yep. Um, if anything ever went wrong or everything went right, is you, you, you'll see it more when things are going wrong is you have to, everything kind of falls upon you and mm-hmm. uh, you have really no one else to blame. It's either, it usually kind of trails back to you, say if something, uh, maybe a conflict arises and then again goes back to expectations. Oh, that, I could have avoided that by, uh, mm-hmm. by setting this expectation or else um, accountability is getting yourself up and out there uh, every single day no matter the weather to go out and uh, build this business mm. and uh, that, and uh, holding yourself accountable to that. Yeah. I almost sort of see accountability as almost you being your own boss. And yeah. I always like the analogy of, you know, you are, if you're running a business, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're trying to accomplish some goals, you're almost uh, an employee to yourself. And I know when I used to run my own business, I would ask myself, would I fire myself if I was employed to myself based on my activities right now? So I'm, I'm going into my week and I, I am not hitting off my metrics. And I'm like, you know, if I was hired by my, if, if David was hired, if I was an employee of myself, I guess, you know, is this activities up to scratch? Is this up to the expectations? So I, I guess I, I definitely uh, agree with you that, you know, having that accountability uh, is definitely key for success. Now uh, for, for yourself, Tyler, you know, when you were running your business, uh, you know, you were out there all day. Well, as, as much as you can after working hours, what would you say is the is the role of work ethic, uh, especially in that first year of business? How important is it to have strong work ethic, uh, especially in your first year of business? I think it's very important, uh, just because um, most of the times you're alone. Hmm. Um, most of the times, the weather is not the greatest because you're doing this marketing in the winter, hmm. and uh, a lot of things are on your plate. And I think, um, but. I've always always taught to go 100 whenever you 100 whatever you do just just to uh, get the most out of it. Mm. And I think strong work ethic plays a huge role in that because um, it, no matter uh, no matter what uh, what life throws at you, you're gonna have to keep going and uh, and be as intense as you can be. Mm. And if you're having an off day or whatever, you have to find ways to kind of get yourself back in that mind state right a state of mind right so you know it is very easy to talk about work ethic and it's very easy to say well i have a strong work ethic but for the purpose of our listeners say for example someone is thinking to themselves as they listen to our conversation and they're saying well maybe i'm not strong no work ethic is not really my strongest suit i don't i'm not the hardest worker how would someone actually, you know, improve or grow that skill? Or how would you say you improve in your work ethic? I guess for some people, maybe it comes naturally to some people. For some other people, maybe they're just a little lazy and it's hard for them to work as hard. What would you say is, uh, you know, four steps for someone who's trying to grow in that area? I think uh, finding what, finding your why I, I, is a big thing for me. Like, why, why are you getting, why do you get up every day? Mm. What, uh, do, by doing these certain things, what are what, how is it going to affect you 
or your friends or family or your staff or I think it's uh, just setting these goals are very important daily goals what you're going to do during mm. the day the week the month mm. and I just I think it just comes with um, uh, just finding your why why are you doing what you're doing yeah I yeah, sorry I didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead Were you oh yeah and I just said uh, find out uh, find uh, find out why you're doing what you're doing on a daily basis as right yeah i definitely i agree with you that you know uh why is a huge huge determination sometimes that why is what pushes you to go knock on that extra door to go out when it's all snowy outside because you have your your eyes set on your goals and i guess i'll put that question back to you you know for yourself what was that big why for you as you started your business what was that strong motivation that kept you going i think it was to be um um, make an impact of some sort because my end game was always to work back in reserves right first nations communities and i i knew i had to come in out here and learn what i needed to learn and bring it back to our community i think that was the biggest motivator mm-hmm. yeah in early stages in the business i know i was thinking okay make good money yeah okay but the, and that's i learned quickly that that doesn't really get you up in the morning you can go make money elsewhere right but you have to go through the shit to get it through it um doing a business so i had to really figure it out early in the game that i had to find a why why i have to get up every morning mm. and um and i think um in my mind my end game was working in the communities and trying to make uh make the be- create better opportunities for communities and um and i knew uh, business was the tool to do it right for sure yeah. And uh, just speaking about community here, I know, like I've known you for a couple of years, but you know what, I, I'm just thinking, I've never really asked you about, you know, where you grew up, your community. Can you just kind of share with some more information about that? Where did you grow up and what was growing up in a First Nations community like? Um, I grew up in South End, so that's about 600 kilometers north of Saskatoon. Okay. And that's uh, about 1,200 to 1,500 people, small town. Uh, it's... Um, a really welcoming community. I love going out there. I do. That's where my all my work comes out of, or most of it, anyways. Mm. And uh, I grew up there until I was 13, until I had to leave for uh, hockey reasons, and and didn't come back until I came back occasionally, right, summertime, whatever, right. But I mm. I, I work there almost full time now, and um, yeah, yeah, it's very. Very interesting. And that kind of segues to you know, my next uh, questions, which I was going to ask you about your current company, which is uh, Job Development. And uh, can you just share a little bit more about what you currently do in this uh, with your business? What, what kind of services your business offer and uh, how that impacts your passion, you know, giving back to your community and going back home? How, can you just kind of talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So right after College Pro, I... Um... Oh, just before I ended college pro, I did my first uh, reserve uh, project. It was Montreal Lake Nation. We did a school there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was um, actually my very first biggest job. So that was a, a, a learning situation in itself. And I, I learned, but I realized there was opportunity opportunity there. But then, uh, so I, and I loved doing, uh, running a business because mm-hmm. of the, you can kind of, you set the you set the tone. You do what you want to do, and how you want to do that. 
And so I started job developments first. The first couple of years were quite a struggle because there were job developments didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So I, we had to, I had to um, build that off the ground. So the first couple of years were really struggling and a lot of lessons learned. So mm-hmm. again, going through that process again of starting a business, but in a different market this time, which was remote projects. Mm-hmm. And you, you have to really be, uh, you have to be really well-planned. I learned and, and expectations and, because if you miss what, even uh, an item on the job site, that can cost you thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. You got to go a couple day trip, hotel, whatever, to go get the, the certain item you need. So, right. And uh, we've been, um, I've been doing that for, uh, I'm on my fifth year now, sixth year actually. I had my fifth year anniversary last December 24th. So that was, uh, that was fun. Yeah. It was, uh, been a fun ride so far and now things are pretty busy right now and uh, right now we're doing a lot of work in uh, in the renewable sector mm-hmm. for and one of the programs i'm involved in is called the off digital indigenous off digital initiative so that program was with natural resources canada and um we use that to uh We've been doing that for, we're on our second year now. We, uh, there's four phases, once with uh, capacity building. Then I, within the individual, which is myself, a community energy champion. Mm-hmm. And we've been, uh, I've been doing that for, uh, went through a 2020 catalyst program, which is um, a really awesome program. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's uh, we basically went to various communities across Canada and learned um uh, how they got their projects off the ground and what are the steps they took and um, what benefits that come for, for each project, whether it's biomass, solar, wind, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what we've been up to for a while right now. We're in the community engagement, community energy planning phase right now with mm-hmm. uh, one of our communities is uh, it uh, Kinnerseo. It's the only diesel community left in Saskatchewan. And um, we've been uh, working with them, and it's been really fun. A lot of learning again. Mm-hmm. Another thing, and um, we've been. Uh, and our next phase is coming in April, April first. Is uh, hopefully uh, as long as COVID doesn't affect our schedule, but we're uh, looking to get some 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 things on the ground for sure. Absolutely, yeah. It's great to hear about you know your work in the First Nations community, but more importantly, I am very very you know interested in learning more about your work with renewable energies. I know as you know, climate change, that is definitely something everyone has been talking about in the last couple of years. What role do you think you know, renewable, renewable energy is in you know, dealing with climate change? And how does that factor into you know, your work with some of the small uh, you know, First Nations community that you work with? Um, I think it's going to be, uh, I know First Nations, uh, First Nations communities are uh, leading the role in the, uh, Renew, uh, implementing renewables in their communities and uh, just to combat climate change and also there's a lot of benefits that come from a project like uh, like solar or wind or biomass it's uh, job creation uh, reducing the GHG emissions mm-hmm. and uh, and it also I, I kind of envision it as a spark to the community to uh, tackle some of these problems they have like high cost of electricity uh, lack of employment um uh, many issues like that and housing mm-hmm. of, of course because when you're doing dealing with that uh, renewables and electricity you you're gonna have to look at the housing right what what is what stated what state it's in what what kind of opportunities are there we can uh, kind of 
uh, explore and mm -hmm. um, it's a bunch of benefits that come through with it i think it's and i think that's why uh, first nation communities are across canada are going to be leading that uh, change absolutely uh, absolutely uh, i definitely appreciate you you know sharing that information and you know i i know first nations issues is one that is near and dear to you um what kind of challenges do you see um, based on your experience? Uh, what kind of challenges are there to, uh, to prevent uh, initiatives like this from you know, being successful? Uh, when I say initiatives, you know, renewable energy solutions, housing, what kind of challenges do you see? And potentially, what kind of potential solutions uh, do you think might be available? Now, of course, I know, you know, uh, this is a huge, huge problem that even governments have struggled on for years, but I'm just curious, considering that you are an insider from the community, you understand these issues, what kind of potential solutions do you think could help? Um, yeah, there's a, a long list of challenges, but uh, a lot of them, uh, like uh, I know I face is uh, the remoteness of the community and the high cost of getting these things done. But um, I think finding the right partners, right teammates, the right staff, the right, um, and setting the right expectations are very important to getting these, these, uh, these uh, either projects or anything like that off the ground and just kind of doing your homework, your research and seeing where you're at and where the community's at. And that's why it's also very important to in, uh, include the community in all these uh, conversations. What were they? Because they're they're living there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, mm -hmm. 365, right? So it's always very important to have their input. And wh where do they see the community in five, ten years, next year, or um, yeah? And I think that's where you uh, when you have these events, like events we we've had, we uh, we want to include the. Uh, community as much as we can and that way it gives you it kind of gives uh gives the uh, the leader or the say uh whoever's doing these projects to um have the community on their side and they have that the the reassurance that this is what they want and this is what our, we're going to work hard for and this is what we're going to do we're going to do our best to get this thing on the ground and i know that kind of helps with um when you're going after funding opportunities and stuff like that, the, the community wants us. We have the support, and we, we just need you to do some of these things, mm -hmm. or this is what we're going to do. And uh, yeah, whether you like it or not, type of deal. Yeah, so it's a lot of uh, I think community having community support mm -hmm. and having them involved throughout every process, uh, I think, is important. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely appreciate the answer there. And I know that, you know, it is very tempting for most people to feel, people who don't know much about this, you know, challenges, uh, they, to feel like, you know, it's all the government's responsibility and it's just the government have to pump in money. Do you see it that way? Do you see it as the government's responsibility to help out with such issues? Or do you think there's potential opportunities in the private industry and for small businesses to be able to really uh, take advantage of some of these situations and help out in one way by, you know, helping the communities, but also be able to, you know, uh, to be able to use their the private resources uh, to benefit the community in one way? Is, is it uh, mainly a government's responsibility or is it a combination of government and private uh, involvements to help uh, solve some of these issues? Uh, yeah, no, not really an easy answer to it, but I think mm -hmm. the, the right approach is having, not viewing the government as a, 
as a, uh, somebody to pump up money, right? You view them as a try and uh, like a partnership, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And again, with your small business owners and then your economic development group there, just have a partnership um, together with the same agenda. Uh, for example, the community energy plan, that's what we're working on right now is uh, to uh, what, what, are, what are the issues that come up during these meetings or what are the challenges that this community faces and what are the solutions out there to kind of deploy into these communities to, uh, to elite uh, alleviate some of these problems or even solve them. Right. And mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, it's, a, uh, uh, I think it's, um, uh, it'll have to be a partnership all the way through where there's business people, mm. um, government and stuff like that. Right. Cause that's kind of the approach we've been taking, just trying to, what, where is everybody out with these things and, um, hopefully work together and, uh, let's, 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 let's get these things done. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I, I don't think there's one sized answer that fits everything. I think it's a combination of you know conversations with the community leaders, uh, people like yourself, business leaders who are active with the, with the business community, and also uh, with the community. Um, I think it's a, it's a definite partnership. Where do you see job developments going in the next couple of years? What's the goal in the next five, 10 years? Where do you see your business? I'd say um, growing, keep growing, uh, keep re- I we keep reinvesting in our company and growing and uh, adding as much uh, services we can. But I think in five, ten years, I think we'll be. Uh, I'd like to be uh, focused on issues like this mm-hmm. and using business as a tool to uh, combat these issues. Where like, doing a lot, hopefully, a lot of re- renewables or a lot of retrofits and with housing or and. Um, kind of trying leading the leading the way because that's what I want to use uh wanna just what I want to do with Kinoseo is like learn what I have to learn there mm-hmm. and then and kind of help other communities to uh uh go along these go th- through that same path because everybody or every community is going to be different it's going to be a little diff- different uh shape or form or that they're going to be going through to uh get these types of projects on the ground. And, uh, and that's uh, the fun part, I think. And I think that for the next few years, we're going to be busy doing that. I, I'm pretty sure we'll be. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for answering that. I'm also curious, you know, based on your personal experience during the pandemic, of course, how would you say the pandemic has affected First Nations communities? Um, how has that impacted life there? And of course, you no know, business and, and uh, the community in general? Ah uh, yeah, that was a, the pandemic. Nobody uh, could have predicted that. Um, hmm. Anyway, it's not me, anyways. But uh, <laughs> uh, we had all these plans this year and all these projects we had to do. But the pandemic, obviously, because uh, most of our work is in first nations communities. So, and all, all a lot of these communities had um, no access. So you can't access that just in, just to uh, to maintain isolation and. Uh, social distancing just to prevent the spread of the virus and uh, so a a lot of my uh, projects were pushed back probably some of them till next year now but Mm. it's been uh, quite of a quite a challenge but uh, in a way I've been able to uh, get a lot further than I would have in different aspects of the business as in like reinvesting into the, the company training stuff like that and now we're more more 
more than ready to take take on stuff that's coming up so mm -hmm. and uh such as the renewable project hopefully next summer and uh so we've been uh, really uh getting all my my crews uh crew uh trained up and uh just using that opportunity to reinvest in ourselves mm. and growing and also focusing on the indigenous hobbies initiative as well what and then that that also that has been affected but we're uh we're doing a lot of adapting of course like everybody has and um and social media has been a really big tool i think mm. just getting these uh this information that we need in and uh, i think a lot of people are uh, are at their, I guess it would be uh, from home and they're a lot easier to access, I guess, mm -hmm. just to get these, uh, some of these data we need done or, uh, into our, our plans. Yeah. So definitely, yeah, definitely some opportunities uh, available, uh, as a result. I, I do like how you, uh, how you view it. You, you have a positive take on it and you're, <laughs> and you're focusing on things that you can control, which is, you know, making sure your staff and your employees have all that training needed so that it can be well equipped when those big jobs comes true. And it's very easy to get lost in, you know, worrying about what you can control, which is, you know, a lot of things right now with the pandemic. Um, I do have a question for you, though. You know, what would you your advice be to someone, you know, perhaps like yourself, uh, you know, in, the, in one of the in one of the First Nations communities across the country, who perhaps is worried about, you know, how to establish themselves? Maybe they have dreams uh, to become a business owner, uh, and you know, they perhaps are not seeing that path to help them to get to where they want to be. What would your advice be for someone like that who is perhaps listening and thinking, well, how can I get to my goal? How can I be accomplished just like how you are? How can I own my own business? What would your word of advice be to them? Well, I remember when I was, before I started a business, pretty shy. Hmm. I don't, unless it was, uh, had to do with hockey, I was pretty confident out there, but uh, I was really shy. So I remember why it was in my mind to do it. So just start. Uh, the worst thing that'll happen, you learn a lesson. But uh, I don't consider it failing um, when I do something wrong. It's learning. Uh, it's uh, the best lessons you'll have, even how you view life. It's uh, when you start a business, it'll it'll teach you a lot of things. It'll it'll mold you into a, a different person. But I mm -hmm. think if somebody wants to start a business, just just start whether it's something small, you want to just learn a little bit of this and that, or start in the evenings when you're, when you're busy with work, just, uh, just find out why you want to do what you want to do and just kind of feed off of that. Each time days get tough, mm. uh, find your why is very important, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. So uh, one of the things that I, like, I have been passionate about or that has been very important to me uh, when I you know, interview individuals like yourself who are successful in business is I'm always thinking about the role of emotional intelligence and soft skills uh, in, in career success. Based on your own personal experience, how important will you say having skills like this is uh, to your success? And the reason why I ask that is, you know, a lot of people focus on some of what we call hard skills, like they want to know how to sell, for example, how to uh, uh, know how to know their numbers, how to do their financial planning, and things like that. The harder skills that are more tangible. What would you say is the role of you know softer skills, the emotional intelligence and, and uh, communication, things like that, in, in career success or business success? 
Yeah, those are actually very important too. Uh, especially, uh, they play a role on everyday, everyday uh, activities, business activities, I guess. But uh, and, uh, being able to control um, your emotions are is very important, especially if there's a conflict or is there if there's a challenging situation or if something you don't know exactly what's going to happen, but you you have to pretty much get it done just to, but you have to very hold yourself, be very composed. Mm. And it comes over uh, with practice. I remember when I was starting out, I'd always try and result to, or to anger right away. You know what I mean? Get mad and just like, why isn't this working? Frustrated, being frustrated. But then I realized over time, like getting mad is not going to really do anything to solve this thing. So mm. you have to kind of hold that back and then uh, view it in a different or remove yourself from the situation and then view it where it's like, okay, what do we, I got a couple options here, final options. Like I can either do this, this or that, or uh, what's going to, what's, what's going to uh, come up with the best result. And I think uh, controlling your emotions is very important like that. Just, and then not thinking and not uh, reacting uh, so suddenly it's okay to take a few moments and uh, just think what's the best, uh, what's the best, uh, plan of attack mm. or a plan of a next best step really mm. and yeah i definitely agree with you tyler and when i think about you know the role of emotional intelligence in my business as a whole it was hugely important i remember my first year was a bit of a gong show i uh, in my first year first job uh that i was doing for a client my two employees quit on the first day of the job just because i just was losing it and freaking out and i was just not composed on the job site and i think that was the moment i realized to myself i really need to do some more work on my emotional intelligence and how to handle myself and when I think about it from a big picture, I'm always thinking about three to four things. The first thing I'm always thinking about is self-awareness. And I think being intelligent with emotions comes from understanding where you are. So knowing and be able to identify your emotions, if you're feeling anger, if you're feeling you know, uh, rage, if you're feeling uh, disappointment, it's very important in my opinion to really understand and label what you're feeling. And then the second piece I'm always thinking about is uh, you know, uh, regulation. So it's one thing to understand what you're feeling and nothing is to be able to control what you're feeling so that way it's not spilling out and the idea is to make sure that your uh whatever actions you're doing regardless of what's going on around you is consistent with your long-term goals and you know yeah. having some some measure of, of control helps and then the third thing i'm always thinking about is empathy so uh you know, empathy is all about making sure that you're able to put yourself in other person's shoes and regardless of what you're feeling regardless of how you know things are going on in your world you want to make sure that you're still considering other people especially you know if you're in business as well and then the last thing is skilled relationships which is you know combining all of those skills and using them in your daily interaction with others now the question i have for you tyler is you know obviously you've been able to develop and grow these skills over the years for someone who is like starting from day one they they, they have no idea of how to grow the skills this is something that is very new to them considering that you were there at some point in your life, what would you say is the first, you know, one, two or three things people should be focusing on uh, or how they can approach, you know, growing the skills and improving in how they're able to, you know, manage themselves and their emotions? Yeah, I think you really bring up a good point about empty too, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I, for my, I guess advice would probably be um, this practice being self-aware, this 
it's a good like even on a daily basis i always just sit back relax or sit back and take it take it all in where i'm at and tons of things i'm thankful for and Mm -hmm. and uh, how i'm feeling that day or else reflecting is a really good uh, practice reflect on your day how it went what or your week or your month and how Mm -hmm. you can be better reflecting has been a really good tool or a good practice for me Mm -hmm. i'm trying to figure out say okay well i didn't perform well on this and and then also like and uh i like to go back and try and figure out ways i could have done better or how do i alter my schedule to kind of uh sharpen this tool that's not really performing that well for example say um if my was my planning was a little too stressed out or something was it too stressing on everybody Mm-hmm. I have to kind of adjust stuff like that, right? And uh, yeah, I think that's what comes to mind right now is uh, oh. self-reflecting and uh, and uh, self-awareness. Absolutely. Those. Yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think uh, just to 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 um, to reference some of the things you were saying there, uh, I think you were mentioning some something about mindfulness, and mindfulness is about practicing to be aware and being in the, in the moment right now and just being there. And I think that when you're in the moment and when you truly try to experience each moment as it is, it helps you understand how you're feeling about the moment and then you can label those feelings uh, as they come. And I think for myself, I've been able to do that when I do two activities. The first one is when I do um, uh, journaling. Uh, I think that really helps me to be mindful and just be aware. So when I have whatever kind of situation I'm going through, if I write about it, it definitely helps me to feel more aware of what's going on around me and with myself. And then the second thing I think I might have picked up from your your response is being able to um, get feedback and being able to know how other people think about whatever it is you're doing. Sometimes it's hard to be aware of things because, you know, you're just lost in your activities or you're just lost in the world. But if you um, go get some feedback from someone and someone you trust, someone you think has that best interest for you, it's very, you know, it's easier then to understand how your actions are perceived. And that really helps you to, you know, either tone it down or make some adjustments as needed. But having that second perspective Really, really key. What would you say was a, was a role of you know coaches? I know when you ran businesses in College Pro, uh, we did have coaches who were able to help give you that outside perspective. What would you say is the importance of that in being successful, whether as a professional or as an entrepreneur? Coaches, uh, I think really um, they played a really big role in my early business career, um, mm-hmm. and it kind of helped you. Um, get a different perspective as well like you mentioned like having having different people have a what's their perspective on what you're doing right now and how do they feel and i find i found that in my past that i I don't realize like i have my goal but a lot of people that work for you or are your partner or your friends and family they Mm -hmm. have um it's good to ask them once in a while Mm -hmm. to see uh, if everything kind of aligns with what you're doing and and it's good to have that perspective too mm. and it kind of opens up different opportunities for problem solving you have to do sometimes mm. and uh, and uh, coaching too is the same thing uh, i think it's uh good to have that different perspective and it kind of helps you work works uh through i think coaching kind of challenges you to like okay well he like my coach for instance um jared his name was jared mm. cole you know you know the guy yeah 
and, uh, and uh, he was my coach and uh, he, he'd always challenge me like, okay, well, this is what you've done. Okay. How far can you go off? Mm. Or else if I'm struggling with something, um, he'd always challenge me. And I think that was a really big, uh, nice motivating factor. Mm. He'd always keep me on my long-term goal or, and uh, figure out, uh, help work together through problems and what that we were having. So I know my first year we've done a lot of problem solving, <laughs> a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, yeah, problem solving. We'll say. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Tyler. And I guess uh, the last phase of the questions I, I would like to ask you has to do with, um, again, the pandemic. Um, the first question on that note is, um, how would you say the pandemic, I know you, you referenced earlier that, you know, the pandemic has made some of your jobs be pushed back and whatnot. But at a general level, what would you say have been the biggest challenges um, the pandemic has brought to you personally, just from you know, performance wise and just mental wise, like mentally, how would you yeah. say the pandemic has affected you and how are you dealing with that? Yeah, that actually had a big toll on me um, to not I think about it, but yeah, it's because um, I kind of feed off or like when we're doing this work, we usually go to, again, conferences or you work together with other people with similar goals. And mm -hmm when you're in home or you're stuck at home and you're just doing the zoom, uh, like a zoom meeting or something, it's not the same. You don't have that same interaction and that motivating factor. When you come home from, I don't know, you, know, you go to a conference, you come home with, uh, with a high, okay, I'm going to do this. I got, I got this. Okay. Mm. I got this. this is what they're doing. So let's try that. Let's figure it out. Mm. But you don't really have that, uh, when you're doing, dealing with the pandemic because everybody's unfortunately at home, but, uh, and it's, it's been, uh, took a, I'd say a decent hit on me and just, mm. just trying to be, especially with creativity. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Working with other people, they have different ways of doing things and you kind of mix and match what works and you try those things out. It's been, uh, it's been challenging on that, that aspect, I'd say for sure. Right. And what would your advice be for someone who is feeling that way? Or how would you say you've dealt with that uh, feelings of frustration and lack of, and reduction in creativity, if you will. What have you done so far to help? Well, I will, I always try and reach out to people. I always uh, like like today we're doing. I'm glad you reached out to me. Mm. Thank you for having me on here. But uh, I like doing things like this. I like doing uh, stuff that uh, I'm a people person, so I like to uh, communicate and um, reach out on people and see what what this a certain friend of mine's up to. How can I help? Or how ask some advice and just reaching out to people is probably the best way to handle things like this. And it keeps you on, on the path. Mm. Like I have, I am uh, doing my master's right now uh, in the evenings and I have a couple of people I reach out to so like that work the same along the same things with me. And uh, we just kind of work together and keep ourselves on the same path. And I think that's the best way to to do yeah. it from my at least for me anyways so. yeah absolutely i definitely agree with you people are very important and making sure that even though we are all walking from home or stuck at home if you will in mantova here we've had a huge uh cold red lockdown for everybody in the province so yeah. and that has been going on uh, across north america i'm sure and even across the world and uh for me i i think focusing on what we can control is very important and uh, what we can control is talking to friends reaching out to 
people in that, in that network and just having conversations, which is partly why I started doing this podcast because I wanted to really genuinely you know, reach out to people, talk to people, learn, hear about their stories and basically just have good, wonderful conversations because I miss that. Now, uh, yeah. for, you, for you, Tyler, I'm very curious. Uh, what would you say uh, perhaps some predictions uh, for what will happen in the next couple of years? And the reason why I'm asking this is, of course, everyone across the world has been dealing with this pandemic and that is bound to change our uh, some things, whether that's uh, how we interact with each other or how business operates in the future. Uh, and there's no right or wrong answers to this. I'm just curious, do you have any thoughts on uh, what future, what the future would look like as a result of this pandemic and how it's affected us? Um, I think a lot of businesses are going to kind of lean towards being lean. What I mean by that is um, being able to pivot whenever they need to, right? And I think, uh, like, again, traveling is going to be affected for sure. A lot of people, mm -hmm. I know I read some some places, like, after this pandemic, uh, these Zoom meetings are going to be pretty common just to get some some things done that mm -hmm. can be done on, on the Zoom meetings, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, yeah, the main thing for me, I think is going to be uh, businesses being lean, uh, trying to be lean and uh, being able to pivot when certain things change right so I, that's what i try to practice doing is being lean as possible hmm. uh being able to move where i have to move and do what i have to do and without having a big expensive uh loan i guess would be an uh, 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 example right mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and uh, last question before i let you go here any words of wisdom or advice or perspectives or thoughts to our listeners uh, before we let you go? Um, yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to my, uh, my, my uh, God, my partner, my friends, my staff, my family. They've been through, they've been through this whole journey with me and mm -hmm. they know the, the, the struggles, the victories. Um, and uh, my biggest advice is find the people that's that'll support you through anything through your biggest failures through your biggest successes find those people mm. and, ma and make sure that you have them uh um through all the tar hard times and and uh, uh victories as well include them in everything because i know uh, uh if i didn't have those people it'd be a lot harder to do what i have to do especially through the dark times mm. the the, the hardest lessons and if you find a good supportive group i think you can do and with the right mindset i think you can do anything yeah i definitely agree with you as well i think even more so in this time we find ourselves in those key people in our lives who help us through thick and thin uh, i think it's very important to even lean more on them and uh, have them closer than ever before because they truly make a difference um, yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on the show here, Tyler. It's been wonderful you know, hearing about your experience, learning about your journey, learning about your success and struggles. And uh, it's been such a huge pleasure coming on the show. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was an honor having me, man. I'm, I'm glad I was on that list of uh, <laughs> people. Yeah, hopefully we'll do this again. I'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch up again for sure. I'm definitely sure we'll do that. Thank you, Tyler. All righty. <laughs>